friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having a blessed day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy. And if you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. The prostate support is product of the week. Y'all voted and it won 15% off mega sale right now. And uh, be sure to check that on the website at healthmasters.com and give us a call if you need anything at all. And the first thing I saw this morning, I've been keeping a close eye on this, as it seems to be almost a weekly occurrence now we see with these trains. It's a very large train derailed now uh, right off the Mississippi River up in uh, Wisconsin. And now they've had multiple uh, basically uh, parts of the train that have gone in the water. And so there's been examination from Hazmat. They're trying to figure out exactly what went in. They said the cause of derailment is still unknown, um, but a large number of the cars derailed overall, and two of them went in the water. They said they were carrying anywhere between paint, oxygen, or lithium batteries. And what's interesting about this is one of the comments from Hazmat team, they said, at this time, we're not concerned about any hazard to the public. The batteries have not gone to the water. The Hazmat team confirmed on the event of the hazardous waste situation, if the lithium is exposed to water, rupture or explosion can occur. Now, you got to think about this from a logical and also from a safety and longevity standpoint when you're talking about these lithium-ion batteries, which I've told you guys have no sustainability factor whatsoever long-term, and the fact that after 8 to 10 years, the batteries are completely void there's nothing you can do with them except try to recycle them, I guess, the best you can. And now they're saying that these batteries are dunked in the water, that they can start rupturing and exploding. This has also been confirmed by numerous firefighters, if you guys know. If these, say they have Tesla catches on fire, they said it takes anywhere from five to ten times the amount of water to put out a Tesla fire battery on, you know, a battery fire than it does a regular vehicle fire. Because the lithium, and essentially it's a two-edged sword because you got to put the fire out, but the water feeds the lithium and continually feeds the fire. And so this is something that, again, nobody seems to want to be talking about, longevity, safety standpoint of these things. And I uh, hope they get this thing under control. They did say a bunch of diesel fuel jumped in the, dumped in the Mississippi, but they've got it contained. But again, though, this is just another one of those things where, I mean, how long are we going to allow the infrastructure to keep crumbling while you hear bumbling with food buying constantly talk about promoting this green energy deal and you know all this money is i mean billions of dollars are constantly funneling towards green energy yet we have an infrastructure in place that is still very necessary for the United States as the locomotive system and we're seeing derailments i mean on a regular basis all across the country i mean literally if you look it up it's almost every week some of them are very minor but these are not minor especially like the ones we saw over in East Palestine, that was horrific, and it's, there's still significant problems they're running into up there, and there will be for years and years on end, and this is just what's happening. Also, too, in other news, this is something as well. Walmart is starting to fall apart now as multiple store closings are beginning, again, not just in crime-ridden areas like Chicago and L.A., but they're now saying in states of D.C., Georgia, Florida, Hawaii, Indiana, New Mexico, Texas, Washington State, and Wisconsin, the retailer is confirming it will be laying off of thousands of store employees and many more fulfillment center workers across the United States. 
Let me explain something to you real quick here. What started, what's happening with this? And this is this has been a long play for a well-strategized plan from the banker boys. Back in the 90s, and Dad remembers this even better than I do, but I remember back in the 90s, Walmart started coming in, and they started basically infiltrating every single major town and major city in the United States. Currently, right now, Walmart is still the largest retail employer in the entire country. And what they would do is they'd come in and put in these Walmarts. This was back even before Supercenters became a huge thing, and they would pretty much put every major mom-and-pop supermarket and other stores that were local out of business. Because not only would they come in and they'd employ, you know, 50, 100, 150, 200 new employees, which brought people in and said, okay, well, they're giving us jobs. So we're okay with that. The small companies and small businesses couldn't compete with them because Walmart would undercut everybody. And then they started putting the super centers, which brought in the grocery stores, which undercut it even worse. And so you started to see Walmart super centers and Walmarts explode on the country back in the 90s. And it progressed further and further and further until this behemoth we have today. Now. That was the first plan in removing the small local community stores, the companies that were working there for years, the small mom and pops that employed kids in high school and continued to work with people on a day-to-day basis and on a name-to-name basis, and that's what it was. It started to remove that out of the local towns. I watched this personally here in Auburndale where I live back in the 90s where an old drive-in movie theater used to be a Walmart Supercenter was put in. And now it's massive, and it put out numerous businesses locally around here. Well, now what's happened is the next phase of this globalist agenda and these banker boys is set into place now, where they have now started to put Amazons in all across the entire country. Now, these Amazon fulfillment centers are much more profitable than Walmart is because you're not dealing with the retail sector of walk-ins. You're dealing with only warehouse fulfillment. So now you have – Amazon, which was heavily subsidized by the government, and BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street put in billions and billions of dollars to keep these things operational. Now you have Amazon warehouses everywhere. Well, now it's not anything new that you're seeing these Walmarts collapse. On top of that, you have the Walmarts in these areas that have been riddled with crime now that are heavily run by Democratic mayors and DAs that pretty much have said, hey, if it's $999 or less – We're not going to prosecute you. So you've got these stores now that people literally just function off shoplifting. They walk in. They grab a cart. They know exactly what they can take. They grab what they need, and they walk out. And Walmart doesn't want to deal in lawsuits with getting in fights with people and tackling people and stopping them. So you just have people that walk in, in and out all day, stealing right under $1,000 a day. It doesn't take a mathematician to realize your bottom line is going to start hurting really bad. You start having hundreds and hundreds of people do that every single week. Amazon. You can't do that. If you've ever been to an Amazon warehouse, which I stopped by one time, the one we have in Auburndale, because there was a UPS package that got delivered there accidentally, and it was a big, big debacle. I got it fixed, though. You can't even get into the Amazon warehouses, period, unless you have ID, all kinds of security clearance. They don't let you in at all, period. You don't just get to walk around as a you know normal outsider and go mosey around Amazon. You can't get in. Make, everything's monitored, everything's recorded, everything is constantly watched like a casino inside Amazon warehouses. And so what you're having now is, and this was heavily produced and pushed during the pandemic, they now want people to no longer go to the store and buy stuff. They want people to function off the same day or next day shipping to where people can be as lazy as they possibly can and be such obese turds, excuse that vernacular, where they sit on the couch all day 
order what they need from their phone, never get up to do anything, and everything is delivered to their front door all day, every day, and they never have to go outside. Just complete and total reduction of the human the human population's ability to actually do things and to walk and to exercise and to get up and just be completely and totally catered to by consumerism. That's what Amazon is promoting. That's why I've been diametrically opposed to Amazon. You guys know I do not support under any circumstances as far as buying stuff from Amazon whatsoever. I've told you before, I highly encourage you, if you find something on Amazon you like, try to contact the retailer directly. Usually they have the retailer that's selling it right there, and you can go in a simple internet search and find the company directly 99% of the time the company is functioning on their own website as well because they're using Amazon as a secondary source to basically try to get exposure out there find the company buy it from them direct if you want to buy something from that direct company if you like what they're doing but Amazon is getting poised to be the global retail monopoly as I have said for years now and that's what's happening you're now going to start having these Walmart super centers phase out You're going to have Amazon continue to expand and grow over the next decade, and what's going to happen is people aren't even going to have the ability to go anywhere to get pretty much what they need. They're going to be so wrapped up on simply go on Amazon, find it, same-day shipping. That's why Amazon now, they used and basically manipulated and hoard out the United States Postal Service for over a decade, got insane rates that nobody else could get. I fought with our postal rep about this for years, rates that were obscenely low, and they were all subsidized by, again, the U.S. government. So the U.S. government was subsidizing a private company so they could basically ship their stuff and get super cheap rates. Amazon was the first contractor in U.S. history that solely got their packages delivered by the Postal Service on Sunday and was the only company that could get delivered on Sunday. They completely cornered the market. Nobody could get anything delivered on Sunday except for Amazon. Then what they did is they took their profits and they rolled it into infrastructure and transportation. Now they got Boeing 777s all across the country. Now they have their own Amazon trucks all across the state. They deliver seven days a week, all day long, pretty much from sunup till sundown. Amazon trucks riddle the streets now, as anybody has seen. This is getting the next phase to building these 15-minute cities so people don't have to go anywhere. They can be consumerist. They can buy all their garbage. They can buy all their junk food. And the next phase of what Amazon does is they're going to start coming in now, and they're going to start squeezing certain products out of the market, stuff that they don't want on the market, nutrient supplements, high-quality things, certain things that maybe don't go along with the leftist communist agenda, and they start dropping it off Amazon. Watch this happen dozens of times now as well. So then all of a sudden – You don't even have the ability to go buy it at Walmart or a local store unless you want to go way out of town. Amazon's the only place that sells anything now, and you are stuck buying exactly what Amazon sells you, including toxic food, as we've seen with Whole Foods, that has been manipulated. A lot of the organic food that Whole Foods sells is from China. That's been confirmed in numerous news reports now. Now you've got this appeal coding that was backed by Bill Gates is going on organic foodings, this shellac coating on vegetables and fruits that nobody's really getting told what the coating's actually in it, and it's to preserve the food longer so it doesn't basically darken or get spots on it or mold or have problems so it could sit on the shelf like indefinitely is organic food. I don't even – still researching that. Be sure to look at that too. It's appeal, A-P-P-E-E-L, A-P-E-E-L. And it's a little sticker they're putting on it now. This is all being done as a concerted effort to control the narrative of what people can buy, what they have access to, and what they consume. 
This is what they're doing with Amazon. This is why I have said repeatedly, please support local businesses. Please support online businesses that are getting the truth out there, like Health Masters. We're here in Auburndale. We have customers come in every single day, and I love meeting new customers and listeners that come in and see us, and they help support the show And because you guys sponsor the show, which is the reason why we don't have any commercials on this show, and we do it five days a week. There's no subscription to the show. We don't charge $5 a month or $10 a month. We don't do any type of as far as fee for any of this health masters basically covers the entire show because you sponsor the show through health masters so again thank you for that support and understand what's starting to occur right now is this is the next phase in the shift in the economic world engine of the united states to push amazon even further to another level of monopolistic control that essentially at one point at some point if this doesn't stop and people continue to go along with this there will be no other retail companies really available. Everybody will end up getting squeezed out of the market at some point in the foreseeable future, and that's not going to happen on my watch. I'm going to do everything I can to prevent that, and I encourage you to do the same. But you have to understand take it a step back further on what's really happening. They're saying here now in Daily Mail these other articles, oh, the crime is causing Walmart to shut down all over the country. That is partially true in some of these major cities, yes, but there's a whole nother story going on behind the scenes of what they're doing. Because remember, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard own Walmart. BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard own Amazon. It's all circular ownership. If one goes down, the sales of the other one go up. It's a win-win for them all the time, and they can control and consolidate more power into one arena and be able to control and dominate that sector much easier instead of being spread out. That's why you have like seven major companies that own every single manufacturing company in the entire world. You can look at that like on a, on a chart graph. It's insane when you look at it. So realize it, understand it, and vote with your dollars. By all means, the dollar is still powerful. I mean, it's losing its world reserve currency pretty quick to China. It's a whole other story. But as of right now, the dollar still talks. And if you want to support something, if you want to continue to keep something alive, continue to buy that certain sector that you're already going for and continue to support businesses that are speaking the truth. What do you think, Deb? I think uh, I think you're right. It's, it's all circular ownership. It, it doesn't make any difference. I was on with Jeff Rents last night, and, and basically I realized very quickly that, you know, that, you know, we have a real problem, you know, globally with everything and, and how Amazon and State Street and Vanguard, and we talked about a lot of this different stuff last night on Jeff's show, uh, you know, is affecting everybody. And, and it's circular ownership. It's like the, it's just the primordial serpent is that basically is controlling this thing and through the bloodline families, through the ancient alien DNA brought to us by the fallen angels. I mean, it's all this alien DNA is, is that anyhow. We all know that now. And we're, we're going to be covering that, you know, in depth. You know, we have to understand who Jesus was and why he came for us. You know, you know, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, when you look at you would look at Psalm 22 and you look at all these different things as far as, you know, with God and with Christ and and everything that happened as far as on the cross, you know, you know, when Jesus cried out, you know, he said, you know, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the world. And you can imagine what that must have felt like for the Roman centurion guards who were there at the ninth hour. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Elo, Elo, Lima, Sabatayin, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When some of these those standing hear this, they said they beheld he is calling Elijah, and this is Mark fifteen thirty four, and we have to realize the reason Jesus did this so he could be the sacrifice for us, he could take the entire burden of the world upon us, so he could sanctify us through his blood. He had he at that point couldn't be connected into the Godhead. He had to be separated from that. 
And so he had to be the one that provided the sacrifice. And so this is the thing that people don't understand is that God gave us an escape vector, a way out, a way out of this planet, a way off prison planet Earth is what he did. He allowed us to say, okay, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Here's Jesus. I'm giving you guys a choice here. And, and that's why he did what he did with Christ because we had to have a blood sacrifice because without the shedding of blood, it says in Hebrews, there is no permission where there is no remission of sins. And as we've talked about you in, in depth before, when Christ shed his blood as an omnipresent being, it was for all eternity. The blood on the mercy seat is just as wet now as it was 2000 years ago. In fact, Dr. Mark Rutland and I did a show on that a couple of years ago in which we talked about this. So it's important that we all understand that, you know, we have a way out of this and we have to stand our ground with Christ. You know, and that's that's the key here. And if we don't do that, then what ends up happening is we get into a situation where we're trying to do all of the stuff on our own all the time, and it's simply not possible. It's not. And so we have to understand who Jesus was. He was who he says he was, and we have to rely on him. And and, and the th- biggest thing I guess I get so frustrated about often is that you know you know when you look up you know who owns Amazon, you know we look at this, and, and number one is Vanguard. They own 712 million shares valued at 60 billion dollars. Number two is 596 million shares valued at $50 billion is BlackRock. Number three is 336 million shares valued at $28 billion is State Street. You know, I, I, I posted this. I'll post this again on, my, on, the, on the website. All of this is circular ownership by the Bloodlines families, all of it. And I, I tell you, it's BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. And they, they don't even try to hide it here. And that's who's owning Amazon. And this, they're the same ones who own Walmart. It's just like, it's like, you know, when I was talking with Jeff last night, I said Fox has an $800 billion deal you know to pay to you know to uh the, to, to the to the voting machine company who owns the voting machine company are we are we talking about line item entry, entries just going back before back between the same companies i mean i don't know i haven't looked that up yet on stock zoa but the reality is is this you know we are being completely and totally manipulated by these entities and these other dimensions that control us period and, and you know and we see it you know I, I i talked to a friend of mine yesterday and uh, she's not been vaccinated and then she's awake and she you know, takes supplements. And I'm like, wow, OK, you know, finally found somebody who basically is is, you know, who is brilliant, who's not basically taking the believing the lie. But that's very, very, very rare. The vast majority of the people that you run into nowadays, about 80 percent have been vaccinated, if not once, but twice, but thrice. And, and, and you know, and so we know that natokinase helps to stop the blood clotting. We know all of that. And then we have to ask ourselves another question. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, how are we going to mitigate this damage that's been done to us? And this is why it's so important that we realize that all of this stuff in the vaccine lives that we were told and told by Donald Trump and remember Operation Warp Speed and also Biden. People want to put people will let Trump off the hook on this while he's still running around pushing the clot shot. I mean, this is this is this is nuts, you know. You know, we have been an outspoken critic about all of this stuff. We really are. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's that, you know, getting, let me quote, let's give you a quote. Getting vaccinated against COVID 19 is one of the best and safest ways that people can protect themselves and their families against the virus. That was a lie. As a participating practice in the COVID, this is by Blue Cross Blue Shield, the COVID 19 provider incentive program. We recognize your hard work by offering incentives for helping patients to get make better choices. The document that outlines perverse incentives consisting up to $125 in cash bonuses per vaccine victim administered. Just thought I'd mention the victim part. Unsurprisingly, the bribed doctors weren't motivated to provide enough information on the experimental gene therapy for patients to make an informed consent. Indeed, most vaccinated people are now seeking an effective detox solution, and rightly so. The vaccine has been a catastrophe for public health, and the long-term effects may even be worse. I spoke to a woman yesterday. She ended up having myocarditis within 12 hours after the injection. 12 hours. 
And, you know, and, and far and away, the most common question you get from those who've had the vaccine is, how do I get inside my system? The mRNA and the adenal DNA products were rolled out with no idea what they were, how, on how or when the body would ever be able to break them down and break down the genetic code. Synthetic mRNA carried a lipid nanoparticle appears to be resistant to breakdown by human ribonucleases. By design, so the product would be long-lasting, produced a protein product of interest for a considerable time period. It's a big problem when the protein is a pathogenic SARS-CoV-2 spike. So all of this stuff is something that we got to look at and take a look at and say, how in the world did this happen? Well, it's the same group of people, the same group of people that run the planet, who run the banking system, who want to reduce the population of the planet. This is a giant experiment. We're kind of like in a Petri dish on this planet. My best way to put it, I guess, a giant Petri dish (laughs) in which they like to experiment on us. And the only hope we have and the only protection we have is the blood of Jesus, period. And, and that's why Jesus came for us, to protect us against the evil one. Remember in his Lord's Prayer? I, you know, I, I ask you to protect me against the evil one. And it's not evil. It's the evil one. And so we have to understand this group of entities have been here for a long, long time. And if we do not take a look at who they are and what they are, then we won't understand why they do what they do to us. And always remember that. That we have Christ, and he's the answer for all of this stuff. Now, I got some really good letters in the day. I want to read you this. I got a couple of really good ones. And I'm going to, I'm going to read you part of this. This is a, something that I really wanted to share with you guys today. This is a brother who basically lived in Hawaii and also lived in Texas now. And he goes, I've been wanting to write you for some time, and I want to let you know that we're part of the Health Masters Extended family. And he goes, I can sense in my spirit that on Thursday's show, the 20th, April 2023, something really agitated you. He's right, it was. That was one of those days. I sense that, like so many of us, you're just tired of how evil and perverse and wicked the America has become. There are so many of us who are fed up with the nonstop barrage of warmongers, constant fear porn, and one thing after another, after another, after another. We know that this is all being done by design to wear down the saints, to destroy our national sovereignty, and to bring in a one-world government and the man of perdition. These folks doing all this wicked and perverse stuff like to call them the SOS gang for short, the Synagogue of Satan. Jesus called them out, and not much has changed. He goes on to say, keep on fighting the good fight of faith. You are not alone. There's a strong remnant still out there in our country that are willing to fight Goliath. Do I believe America will repent and turn back to God? Well, no, sadly, no. But we'll keep sharing the good news of the, one, of the gospel and the waking people up one by one. There are still many souls to win for Christ. Sometimes I get discouraged. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. But then I hear the other warriors like you, and we all keep encouraging one another to not quit. My mom used to always say, this is, I'm adding this in, she used to always say, if you give up, you lose. We're not going to give up this fight. That's where we're digging in with the full armor of God. I really didn't think my so-called golden years would be like this like I are now, living in a country that has turned us back on God and filled with so many reprobates. <laughs> He's right. I have friends who keep talking about you know things going back to normal, and I tell them it's never going to go back to normal and how it was. Wake up. Because I was born in 1954, and I know what America used to be, just like you. We are the last generation of Americans that could run around all day and not be worried about something abducting us. We just had fun, and we knew we had to, we had to come home to eat, and then we'd take off again to play. This is the America that I grew up in, too. My grandmother was born in 1907 to help raise me, so I learned a lot of what would be called the old ways, and I've been awake for a very long time. Grandma was a, northern, was a Norwegian Viking, and so am I. Being a Viking, I traveled a lot of the world with my you know, with, uh, we were blessed to be stationed in Germany in the 90s and also in, in, in uh, Madrid, Spain. On a different note, I want to share something about Sharon. Now, I'll, I'll pass on all that. But, guys, it's really important. To and by the way, thank you so much for this letter. That is so kind of you. I really appreciate when people take time out to really encourage us like this. And, and this is what we have to do. So this was from Joy. 
And we have to understand something, guys. If we know what we're supposed to do and we don't do it, if we understand what we're about and we don't do it, then why are we promoting Christ? I mean, we have to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, period. And then another guy sent me this. This is John. He sent me this letter this morning, too. And he goes, uh, <laughs> why Grandpa Robbins carries a gun, a world history lesson, lest we forget. The quintessential reason why Grandpa Scott carries a gun. <laughs> My old grandpa said to me, son, there comes a time in every man's life when he stops busting knuckles. Okay? I don't carry a gun to kill people. I carry a gun to keep from getting killed. I don't carry a gun because I'm evil. I carry a gun because I've lived long enough to see there's evil in the world. I don't carry a gun because I hate the government. I carry a gun because I understand the limitations of government. I don't carry a gun because I'm angry. I carry a gun because I don't have to spend the rest of my life hating myself or failing to be prepared. I don't carry a gun because I want to shoot somebody. I carry a gun because I, yeah, I carry a gun because I want to die at a ripe old age in my bed and not on a sidewalk somewhere tomorrow afternoon. I don't carry a gun to make me feel like a man. I carry a gun because men know how to take care of themselves and the ones they love. Listen to me. I'm going to stop for a second. Guys, protect the ones you're with all the time. Love the ones you're with. Protect your wife. Protect your children. Protect everybody you're with. It's important. It's your responsibility. I don't carry a gun because I feel inadequate. I carry a gun because unarmed and facing three armed thugs, I am inadequate. I don't carry a gun because I love it. I carry a gun because I love life and the people who make it meaningful to me. Police protection is an oxymoron. He's right. They'll be there within three to ten minutes. <laughs> Free citizens must protect themselves. <laughs> Sometimes 45 minutes. Free citizens must protect themselves because police do not protect you from the crime. They just investigate the crime after it happens and then call someone in to clean up the mess. Personally, because I carry a gun because I'm too young to die and too old to take a whooping. I just thought – I'm, I'm going to post this. This is really – I love this article. Thank you, John, for sending it because it just, it's true. It kind of sums up the whole mantra of what we try to talk about on this show is that you know, you've got to be prepared no matter what you do in your life, where you go or how you go. You've got to be ready for it. Look at the Armenian genocide that happened over 100 years ago in Armenia when the Turks, when the Muslims came in and killed 1.5 million Armenians. There was a movie that had come out called The Promise several years ago that was an excellent movie that talked about that. These Armenians were completely unprepared of what was going to happen to them, and they were killed by the millions. And, and the same thing happened in Germany after World War II when millions of soldiers were locked up behind barbed wire after the war, you know, classified as enemy combatants, and starved to death with by Eisenhower's death camps. All of this stuff happens to people, but nobody ever wants to talk about it because it's just something that you know happened to somebody who did something wrong or did something bad. Well, no, these people who were locked up and died, you know, in, you know, in the, in the death camps or who died in the Armenian genocide, they were just trying to live their life. They were trying to get on with it. They were trying to get back after a war. So it's crazy when you see this stuff happen and we're not prepared for it, and when people are prepared for it. So there's one more thing too I want to mention this. And I, I wouldn't. I normally wouldn't do this. Uh, you know, Jerry Springer died. And, you know, and, you know, and I and I and I'm not going to say much about him. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is a very common effect after you drink a lot of alcohol, which I don't know if he was drunk or not. I have no idea. But, you know, he basically uh, basically had a smash hit for 27 years. And it was I will give the guy credit. He was an entertainer. He was that. But, you know, it, you know, he, he had the ability to basically connect with people. Now, the sad part about this is with 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 Springer. You know, he would tell people on his show that they volunteered to be subjected to whatever included as far as ridicule or humiliation in a way to them. You know, his, his audience would cheer his name while his outrageous guests would get crazy in fights. And, and the sad part about this is, you know, a lot of people felt that it was escapist entertainment while others saw the show as contributing to a dumbing down decline in American social values. That's why I read that article. That's exactly what the show was. 
it was a contributing to the dumbing down decline in American social values. And it shows the fact that people can be reprobate and be on national TV and get a media following or an Instagram following or a Twitter following or whatever. And, it's, and, this, and this was the stuff that Lee had led to the Kardashians and all these other people that did nothing with their lives. And now because they have a big set of buttocks, they get basically promoted on TV and get promoted on radio and get promoted on social media. And they get promoted as for who they are, not because of anything they've ever done. And, and it's sad to me that the United States has become that dumbed down because of the use of fluoride, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, you know, statin drugs, you know, tricyclic antidepressants, and just a continual barrage of the media. That's why Austin earlier this week said mute the commercials on your dog on TV when you're watching TV because the dumbing down of America has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse until people like to sit on their t- couches, eat their MSG-laden potato chips. Drink their diet sodas with their aspartame that causes brain tumors, brain cancer, seizures, headaches, and optic nerve degradation, and pretend like all is well with their soul. It's the it's and, you know it's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And now they're making it even easier because these people, like Austin said earlier, don't even have to get off their couches. They can sit there and order to Amazon and have it delivered to their front door, and they can have their kids pick it up from the front door and bring it to them while they sit on the couch. They don't have to move anymore. And this is the state of affair of the United States and the people in the United States. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, like the one letter said, about how this has happened over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I remember the 40s – not the 40s, but the 50s in the 60s and the 70s. I mean I remember going out when I'm like you know, 10 years old and playing in the neighborhood and not have to worry about being abducted, about riding bicycles and racing bicycles. And I remember one time I had a bike that I, I hit something with, and I rolled over the top of the doggone you know, handlebars, and the doggone handlebars got me in the gut, and I flipped over it, and, and I'm sitting there and laughing because here I was. I was still alive, and I survived my childhood. <laughs> okay? And it's just, it, it's just we allowed these children to be children and to grow up and to learn and develop emotional quotients. We don't do that anymore. Now we train them at the age of four. They can be a tranny. That they can be a transgender. I just had somebody send me a letter yesterday, asked Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com. They said, you know, we had my niece go into the basically the doctor's office, the pediatrician, and he asked her if she was satisfied with being a girl. In other words, she had a choice. What is wrong with the people that do that? Why are they so stinking perverse? Did somebody drop them on their head when they were little and they think that things like that are okay? To promote a transgender agenda in the doctor's office? And to tell these kids that they can be anything they want to be, if a doctor says that to you or to your children or to your niece, first of all, I would pitch a fit, number one. You know, I wouldn't be violent with them, but I'd pitch a fit and tell them what a pervert he was or she was or whoever it was. And I would get up and walk out, and I would say, I'm going to tell my friends and everybody I know never to come here again. You are a pervert. That's what I would do. I mean, who in the world thinks that's okay with anybody when it happens like this over and over and over again? I got to I got to give uh, credit to the school superintendent now who criticized DeSantis. He could lose his job, and I hope DeSantis gets rid of him. Florida officials are threatening to revoke the teaching license of a school superintendent in Leon County who criticized Governor Ron DeSantis, accusing the educator of violating several statutes and DeSantis directives and allowing his personal political values and views to guide his leadership. Such a revocation by the State Department of Education would allow DeSantis to remove Leon County Superintendent Rocky Hanna from his elected office. The Republican governor did that last year to an elected Democratic prosecutor in the Tampa Bay area who disagreed with his positions, limiting abortion and medical care for transgender teens, and indicated he might not enforce the new laws in those areas. Disney also sued DeSantis this week, 
saying he targeted his Orlando theme parks for retribution after it criticized the governor's so-called "don't say gay" law, which never that was never even that is not the law. The law was "don't groom children and don't be a pervert." Law that then banned the discussion of sexually and gender sexuality and gender in early grades, but it's since been expanded. Hannah has publicly opposed this law and defied the governor's order that hurt any mandate that students wear masks during COVID-19 pandemic and criticized the census-backed bill that recently passed the, the will pass that will pay for students to attend private school. The Leon County District, with about 30,000 students, covers Tallahassee, the state capital, and the suburbs. By the way, I will say this. Tallahassee is extremely liberal because of the college professors there. It's a sad day, quote, for democracy in Florida and the First Amendment right to freedom of speech when a state agency with unlimited power and resources could target a local elected official in such biased fashion, Hannah said in a statement to the Associated Press in the media Thursday. A Democrat then running as an independent, Hannah was elected to a second four-year term in 2020 with 60 percent of the vote. He plans to run for re-election next year and does not need a teacher's license to hold the job. You know, here's the thing. And I'll give DeSantis this. And I get a lot of emails from you guys, too, that you don't like DeSantis. I got that. I, am, I have questioned a lot of what DeSantis has done and whose true allegiance is to. I've done that. But the reality is this. Who in the world can figure out exactly what DeSantis or Trump or Biden is really doing behind the scenes, behind closed doors, and who's really talking to them? And But every once in a while when they throw us a bone like this and they start throwing people out of these educational systems that are so weird and perverse, I actually like that. Just going to mention that to you guys. Like I told you the other day, there are a lot of people out there that are in alt media that are friends of mine. I don't agree with all of their guests, and I don't agree with all what they say. I don't. But the point is, we can't be throwing everybody under the bus all the time. If we agree with 60, 70, 80, 90 percent, it's either going to be a D, a C, a B, or an A as far as our relationship and as far as our agreement with them. Always remember that. Listen to what you want to listen to, except for satanic stuff. Don't listen to that weird stuff, and, and don't read that stuff either. But, but read the stuff that you know that's going to give you an opinion on both sides. Remember what Scott Fitzgerald said, the writer of The Great Gatsby. He said that true genius can look at both sides of the argument and find a defining way to argue for both sides and understand what the other person is thinking. That way you have the ability to develop what's called concrete rational thought, which gives, gives you the ability for self-actualization. If you sit back and look at the world from our standpoint, from a Christian standpoint, and say, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all, and I believe there's something else going on, something really big else going on. And that's what's going on right now, and that's why we're going to do the Angel Wars next week, because I'm going to give you a lot of stuff that you really never thought about that is probably the main reason that these guys keep us out of Antarctica. But just thought it food for food for thought this morning, Austin. What do you think, buddy? What's your next story? You're exactly right, and that's one of the biggest things to look at and you know evaluate with what's happening when you see a lot of stuff get passed, when stuff gets brought up, when certain events occur. And you know, I saw another article again that popped up about you know the Las Vegas shooting again, and then the FBI was talking about how oh he he was super mad because he lost all this money gambling, one and a half million dollars gambling, and then they did the massacre the week later. I've told everybody before, I went to Vegas two weeks after that shooting for the SEMA Auto Show in 2017. I got so many different stories from different Uber drivers and people who were down there that nobody could really understand what truly happened. And I told everybody before, I said that entire situation in that hotel room at least was completely and totally staged. You could look at it from the photos. You could look at it from the incident, what they talked about, the fact that law enforcement stood down for an hour and a half. Before they went in the room, and the biggest thing I told people that didn't seem to understand, even when they heard the the sound of the 
firing the gunshots. It did not sound like a bump fire stock. That's always inconsistent. I've shot them before. I've shot numerous guns. I got a lot of guys that are retired military and SOT2 manufacturers. I've had the ability to shoot machine guns that they've let us shoot at the range and stuff. And you can tell cyclical rates between different guns. They all have different sounds. M16 sounds different than an M60. Bump fire stock sounds completely sporadic half the time. And I told people that with the shooting. I said, it didn't make any sense. And then you have the photos of the entire hotel room scattered with AR-15s with bump fire stocks. And then there's seven or eight of them laying on the bed, just all over the place. I said, well, where, where's all the, where's all the uh, spin brass? Where, where are all the burn marks in the sheets from laying down guns that you just burn 100 rounds through, 60 rounds through? You're going you're gonna to start melting those sheets. The barrels get that hot. If this guy had these type of connections and he was involved in trafficking or weapons trafficking and he had two planes and all the CIA information that we continue to find out about it. Why in the world didn't he just go up there with one or two, you know, 240 Bravos or M60s, a couple extra barrels? Why did he bring, you know, 20 AR-15s with bump fire stocks on them? They're not even, they're not even functional to shoot as far as any type of accuracy. Nothing made sense about the story, but it's because they want everybody to continually follow the narrative. That entire situation was done right before the Safe Hearing Act was about to pass, and they, the Congress had already said they were going to pass it. Senate was going to pass it, and it was going to pull suppressors off the NFA registry, which was going to open up the entire book of the NFA law from 1934 to scrutiny to decide whether or not we really were going to have SBRs, SBSs, and everything else in that restrictive category with ATF. Because once they pulled the suppressors out of that group, it was going to unravel everything. So they had to have a reason why they had to shelf the SAFE Act. And then, of course, you know, Donald Trump came in and ran his mouth about how bump fire stocks need to be banned. And we told you guys from the beginning there was no construct of that that could even be defined as a machine gun. There was, again, though, what they lied to everybody about, again, because so many people went along with the lie. This is what they've continually done over and over and over again. Now the now UK, I saw an article earlier, UK's talking about they're giving enormous amounts of depleted uranium ammunition to Ukraine. They've now confirmed this. For the UK has announced it providing Ukraine with depleted uranium munitions this month. It has agreed to send British-made Challenger 2 main battle tanks as part of the most recent military aid package to Ukraine. Now, what's interesting about this, if you guys know anything about depleted uranium shells, they're primarily used to bust through tanks. They have insanely good armor-piercing value to them because of their high density, and they're, they're, they're very aggressive rounds. But they're also very destructive on the entire environment. You know, what's crazy about this, right? So think about this for a second. We've got Ukraine. They're like one of the biggest bread baskets over there in Europe as far as their wheat production and everything else. So now we're going to start having absolute recklessness with Ukraine using depleted uranium rounds all across their alleged battlefield. Russian armed forces warned this month now, they said the use of depleted uranium ammunition, which they have refused to use, Russia will, will not use it over there for this reason, they said it's going to cause, and I quote, irreparable harm to the health of the Ukrainians and inflict tremendous economic damage to the agro-industrial complex of the region. The armed forces pointed the impact these weapons had in Iraq when the United States used them. The Russian ambassador to the United Kingdom stated last week in an interview that depleted uranium munitions are a terrible thing for the agriculture of the people of Ukraine. He had the effects of the radioactive residue can contaminate Ukrainian water and soil for at least six generations. Yeah. 
were giving them pallets and pallets and pallets of tank rounds with depleted uranium shells in a country that produces one of the highest amounts of wheat in the entire Europe. Now, you think they're doing this on accident? UK is just going, ah, you know, it's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, again, is another concerted effort to reduce everything to its lowest form and to ruin, again, the food quality of an area that, from what I have read, manufactures an enormous amount of wheat or did, so to speak. So you have to ask yourself the question. The only legitimate reason UK would be doing this is because why? They want to ruin the food. Everything comes down to the food, the food, the food, the food. This is why I've continually told people over and over and over again, it is so crucial that you have either the ability to grow backup food, even if it's a couple extra plants. You know, you got an avocado tree, you know, you got papaya, you got banana, wherever you can grow in your region, some food, some extra food. Chickens are a great option as well. We're working on getting those set up again down here in Florida. We used to have them before, but now with everything that's going on, you know, having some real true organic eggs, and I know what the egg chickens are being fed. That's something, you know, me and Lana have been getting stuff together and looking at now. Again, same thing with any type of backup food, whether it be like the organic food buckets that we have that are USDA certified organic, having some of those in your backup pantry. Once you start seeing what's occurring now with these stores being shut down all across the country with more supermarkets, remember when Walmart, if Walmart shuts down, majority of all Walmarts on the market now are supermarkets, uh, uh, they're super centers. I mean, they have the grocery to them. A lot of these areas that Walmarts are in, they're like the main place that everybody goes and shops. They don't have a lot of supermarkets. It's like the one stop shop and go for everybody. They may have something else around there that's you know smaller, but that's usually it. So what happens when these people suddenly can't go to Walmart super centers? Now they got to start ordering all their food from where? Amazon and try to find other places, which, again, are going to be completely controlled. You see the same thing with Bed Bath & Beyond and Bye Bye Baby. They made some really, really dumb financial moves. And on top of that, though, COVID pretty much put them down because their primarily income was off Bye Bye Baby with baby showers and with weddings. They were like the number one registry area in the entire country. It's the number one registry store for weddings. Well, weddings stopped for a year, year and a half with COVID. Stopped. Stores shut down. They didn't have Amazon infrastructure to go deliver everything with drones now and their own little infrastructure that was subsidized by the U.S. government. So, again, they're getting sucked up in filing bankruptcy, and they're getting sucked up into the Amazon vacuum cleaner that seems to be sucking everything up around the country. So, again, like I said, be very, very cautious who you're supporting and what you're actually contributing to. Also, too, and something else I wanted to address, I had an email on this, and I looked it up because I had heard about it yesterday, is that DeSantis was looking at passing the Florida Bill HB 269. And a lot of people were freaking out about it because it's basically a massive, massive free, anti-free speech law. And, you know, DeSantis signed it yesterday. However, I went and actually read the final draft that actually got submitted and was signed, and it was very different from the original thing. The original bill that came out was absolutely horrific. It was all geared to protecting Jewish population. And pretty much anything you did at any point in time, if any Jew felt like it was offensive, you were getting charged with felony hate speech or felony stalking. It was bad. I mean, it was a bad bill, and everybody was freaking out about it out here in Florida. Well, we've had multiple conservative representatives that were Republicans that rewrote most of this bill, and most of it from what I read – I read the bill last night. It's only seven pages. 
they restructured it in a very, very correct manner. I don't necessarily think it was something that was needed, but essentially it goes into detail that if you go to a church or if you go to university and you're harassing somebody over their specific religion, no specification of what that religion is, just their religion, period, that essentially you can get charged with a hate crime if you harass, intimidate, or make great bodily threats towards them, which is already – there's already stalking and harassment charges uh, laws on the books. So this didn't really change a whole lot. It just made it a hate crime if you're doing it against somebody's religion, and there's no specification of religion in the new bill. Now, the original bill that was introduced by a Jewish Democrat in Florida was egregious. The entire thing was insane. It was basically a massive Jewish protection bill that allowed nothing to be said about anything that somebody does or else they're going to be charged with hate speech, hate crime, hate stalking, which are all felonies. If they even mention something or do anything that a Jewish individual doesn't like, here's an excerpt from the original bill. It's talking about essentially talking to somebody or maliciously defacing a building like doing graffiti or going in and basically saying something to somebody and harassing them. It's a violation of this subsection. It also includes any physical manifestation of anti-Semitism directed towards Jewish individual or his or her property or towards a Jewish community institution or Jewish religious facility or Jewish cemetery or Jewish gravesite, such expression includes the use of a Nazi symbol such as a swastika, meaning if you literally walked out and you spray-painted a swastika on the side of a building and a Jewish individual owned it, you would get charged with a third-degree felony at that point. Now, granted, I do not condone people using that image, nor do I condone vandalism. I hate vandalism. I hate graffiti. But this took it a step further that made it so directed towards the Jewish population, and everybody else got laid out in a retention pond. It was like, no, we don't care. doesn't matter if it's Christian. doesn't matter if it's Muslim. doesn't matter anything. If this happens to Jews, this is a hate crime, and you're getting felony charges. Anybody else doesn't matter. Nobody cares about you. The Republicans have gone in and rewritten this now, and they've taken out every single reference to anti-Semitism, to Jewish, to any aspect, and said any religion that you go in and basically start defacing a church or doing anything, it's now going to be a felony hate crime if you do it to any religious institution. So I wanted to clarify that because I had a lot of people sending me emails from some articles that came out yesterday that were saying that basically this is a massive, massive bill that's stifling free speech. This thing, you got to read what was actually uh, actually put into law and not what was originally published on January 19th because the original filed HB 269 was an atrocity. So again, something to research, something to understand. That's why I try to bring you guys updates on everything on a regular basis. Also, to in other news, speaking of, well, banks and uh, banksters, there's an article that just came out now of Wall Street on Parade, and this is interesting. This guy, uh, Pam Martins and Russ Martins, wrote this article yesterday, and it says banks that put up the $30 billion to rescue the First Republic Bank may have been trying to rescue their own exposure to $247 trillion in derivatives. I'm going to post this article. This is very interesting. If you guys recall, there were 11 banks on March 16th that acted like firefighters. They came in and contributed $30 billion suddenly bizarrely placed these funds in an unsecured deposit in the First Republic Bank, which was in full-scale unraveling mode because of the bond losses. And it had too many unsecured – excuse me, uninsured deposits. They're, they're, I mean, they're insolvent. There's a very big problem with this bank. 
Well, four banks contributed to two-thirds of the total $30 billion. That was J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. Surprise, surprise. Then you had Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, BNY, State Street, PNC Bank, Truist, and U.S. Bank, which fantastic. Truist is the one that absorbed SunTrust and BB&T that switched over with us now. And I hate – I can I almost say hate. I cannot stand Truist. We've been looking at other banks. The problem is they're all starting to do this and merge. So all these guys collectively together do an aggregate of $30 billion in place. Now, what's interesting about this now is the research has been done, and they found that the banks that basically brought in this amount of money to cover this had a total of $247 trillion in derivative exposure. Now, just these 11 banks, and apparently a lot of this stuff was involved and controlled and ran through with this first Republic Bank that so suddenly got all the support. And it was interesting, the report from the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency chose the 25 top banks having the highest amount of total derivatives. Every single one of the banks that did this bailout is on this list out of the top 25. Ironically enough, you've got some of these banks that are absolutely <laughs> insane. I was looking at these numbers, and there's one here. Listen to this. SMBC American Holdings has just $34 billion in assets. They hold $10.3 trillion in derivatives. Now, I'm not going to get into all the math with this as far as with the banks. If you guys understand this, you understand this. This is insanity levels of exposure that some of these banks have. Even J.P. Morgan Chase, they've got $3.6 trillion in total assets. They have $48 trillion in derivative exposure. This is setting up for something huge, guys. This is exactly what we saw in 2006, 2007 when these guys started expanding and started doing these credit swaps and started going way beyond anything they should have been involved in. This is big. So do not think that this bank incident is over yet. There's definitely some big things that are happening behind the scenes, and they're kind of telling everybody, don't look at the banks. Don't worry about the banks. Just keep putting your money in the bank. We'll give you a decent interest rate. Shut up and be quiet. Why do you think they raise the interest rates on the CDs and on the money markets and stuff so quickly over the last six months? They were trying to generate as much cash as they could and get them in the as much cash as they could in the bank so people would get some remnants of interest back because people were so sick of the 0.1% interest rates over the last five, six, seven years. Very interesting to watch. Just something if you're in the markets, understand what's going on here right now and be cautious to the best of your ability. What do you think, Deb? You know, I think that the banking system is a disaster. It's, it's all built on – it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. If, if, if anybody else did what the banks have done, they'd be put in jail for running a Ponzi scheme. That's what they've done. I mean you know, 40 to 1 is the, is the ratio on the reserve banks. And with a derivative, it can be 1,000 to 1. It makes no difference. They can put a value on anything and loan out money against it and just make more dots and dashes on the screen, creating these, these literally quadrillions, thousands of trillions of dollars in derivative exposure. So it's a major, major mess. But I want, I want to share something with you real quick, and this is I'm almost out of time. Uh, there's a new study that finds now that the Egyptian pharaoh was genetically modified with alien DNA. Now, that's interesting. And, uh, of course, there's no surprise here because I'm sure he's one of the bloodline families. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and watch this video and go into some detail with it on the show probably uh, next week if I have time because we're doing the Angel Wars next week. But this is something that we need to understand that – there were entities here way before us. <laughs> we got to get that, and we need to understand it. And then I want to say something about this one doctor, Dr. Zelenko, 
yeah, he passed away last year, and uh, he was a he was a good guy. He, had, he came out with a good COVID protocol, and I have a friend of mine who actually took him through the sinner's prayer, and he became a Christian before he died because Zelenko was involved with some pretty heavy Kabbalah stuff. He really was. People always ask me if I'd put him on the show. I said, absolutely not because of the stuff that he had written about the Kabbalah and the Zohar and all the other stuff. But here's what he wrote one time, and, he, and this is what he said on one of the radio talk shows that he was on. He goes, I am a conspiracy realist. Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street are stakeholders in all industry, media, academia, and politics. Vanguard and BlackRock invest in each other through something called circular ownership. Thus, consider BlackRock and Vanguard as a monopoly that owns everything. With due diligence, you will discover that the major stockholders of Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street are the Rothschild family, the DuPont family, the Rockefeller family, the Carnegie family, the Orsini family, the American Bush family, and the British royal family. They use the following foundations to foment chaos around the world, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Soros Open Society Foundation, the Clinton Foundation. These foundations are instrumental for geopolitical destabilization, and chaos is good for business and power acquisition. Now, he says some stuff here that's right, but I'm going to clarify what he says, and I'm going to say where he's wrong. He goes, only divine-inspired force can overcome this Goliath. We've already had that. His name was Jesus. I'm adding that. The world will be redeemed by acts of goodness and kindness. Absolutely, that will not happen. The world has already been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb. Then he goes, we need collective divine consciousness in order to merit divine intervention. No, that's New Age stuff. We don't need that. We can only pray in the aggregate and understand that Jesus has already come and done all this. And he goes on to say, he's 100% right on this. The owners of the Black Van Rock, Black Rock State Street Monopoly are a manifestation of the primordial serpent. He's right. This goes way back to the fallen angels again. And then he goes, I'm very optimistic about an upcoming redemptive event that will rebalance our dark world. Fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. And the thing about this is he's talking about the coming of his, how should I say, Messiah, or we would call the Antichrist. He's wrong about that. That's not going to bring anything but just absolutely chaos and darkness onto the planet, much, much worse than we have right now. Because as Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be upon my return. This whole thing is playing out around us now as we see it. And it's like, you know, the lady who wrote me that letter who said that this whole thing was back in the 50s. It wasn't like this. And she's watched this whole country come apart like this. We need to understand something that's very, very important, that if we do not understand what's happening around us, we cannot stand in the gap for it. We need to realize that. It's so important that we understand who we are and what we are in Christ, because he is the answer. He is the future for us. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning, and he's the end. Always remember that. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. You guys are absolutely amazing. Looking forward to Monday. We're going to do the introduction to Angel Wars. Austin's all got a bunch of other stuff as far as our 2000th episode. It's going to be a big celebration at Health Masters. I love you guys. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, absolutely. I hope you guys enjoy the uh, – have a great weekend. We've got a lot of stuff I'm going to be working on for Monday's show. Got a lot of new stuff, a lot of health stuff we're going to be putting together as much as we can in one hour. Dad's going to be carrying stuff throughout the entire week with the Angel Wars, and I may bring a few things in here that are – of going on as far as in the world, as far as with health stuff, continuing through the week. But we'll see how it goes. You know, as you guys know, we kind of play the show every single day as what happens. You know, we don't have this huge plan out for weeks and months on end, except when we do something like this. So this is going to be a big, big Monday, big thing for us. Two thousand shows. It's taken years to get this point, 
And uh, yeah, 2000 live shows, by the way, guys. You guys know we don't really ever pre record anything. I think we've only done like one or two times ever. And that was only because we had something else going on that we wanted to do. But we do live shows. They're here right now. What's going on as you hear it? And uh, then we continue to run reruns or replay the same show throughout the day. So thank you again for your support. Be sure to check out on the website. We're going to be running a big, big uh, promo as far as on Monday and also two. So be sure to check out the this show because we're going to be having it first here, firsthand before anybody else. We're doing this promo for our listeners, for our customers. So be sure to check it out and tune into it because it's going to be really cool. A lot of different stuff we're going to be putting on sale. But also, too, be sure to check out right now the product of the week. If you guys want to stock up on it, that won't be changing. That will stay the same all through next week until Wednesday, the prostate support formula. Along with also, be sure if you're working on your blood sugar, if you're trying to get that under control and healthy glucose levels, the Berberine Ultimate, that's our dihydroberberine, DHB. Read up on it if you're really trying to work on blood sugar. This stuff showed in research that it did better in some cases than metformin did in maintaining healthy blood sugar. This stuff is incredible. I really encourage you. If it's something you're working on or you're trying to maintain healthy blood sugar or even if you're going and maintaining healthy sugar and you're going to be eating some junk food over the weekend or for a holiday – Be sure to continually take this product when you're doing that. It will help out with healthy blood sugar and keep them in a healthy range, which is really, really crucial for long-term health with the pancreas, with the arteries, with body fat levels, with energy, everything. Blood sugar is crucial to maintain at a healthy range. So, again, thank you for your support. Check it out at healthmasters.com. If you need anything or have any questions, 1-800-726-1834. We're here to help you out the best we can. Y'all have a blessed Friday night. Be sure to stay tuned on the website over the weekend and check it out. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on this show for our 2000 show on Monday. Be here for it. Have a great weekend, my friends. Enjoy. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.